0: Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means that you'll hear two hosts, me and Tracy V.
1: Wilson. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's November 12th. Bahá'u'lláh, the founder of the Baha'i faith, was born on this day in 1817. I've also heard his name pronounced slightly differently among adherents. He was born in Tehran, Iran, and from birth, his name was Mizra Hussein Ali. He was born into a noble family, and he was known for his skill as a horseman and a poet. He also was an excellent calligrapher. He had very little formal education, as we might think of it, though, and that was really typical for a young man of his station. At the same time, he was known to be very bright and very intelligent and knowledgeable about all kinds of subjects, including having an extensive knowledge of Islam. He was also known for being very compassionate, especially when it came to matters of injustice. He got married at the age of 18, and he would take other wives as well later on in his life. He was expected to be a civil servant, like his father was. And after his father's death, he was offered a position, but he turned it down. He really thought there was too much corruption and materialism in the civil service. He preferred to try to make a modest living, managing the property that he had inherited when his father died. And he also wanted to use what he did have to help other people as much as he could. He became known as the father of the poor by the time he was in his early 20s. When he was 27, he learned of a young man who was known as the Bab, which is Arabic for the gate, or the gateway. People believed that the Bab was a messianic figure, a figure who was anticipated among Shia Muslims. And the Bab also heard of Bahá'u'lláh and sent him a scroll. We don't know exactly what this scroll said, but whatever it did say, it had a dramatic effect on him. And he became one of the Bab's followers, who called themselves Bobbies. In 1848, Bahá'u'lláh, who hadn't yet taken this name, was arrested and punished for following the Bab. Then, the Bab was executed in 1850 for treason. A lot of his followers were also killed at this time, and Bahá'u'lláh became his successor. The two of them had never met in person, but they had corresponded extensively. And before his execution, the Bab had sent Bahá'u'lláh all of his papers. Two years later, though, Bahá'u'lláh was falsely charged in a plot to kill the Shah of Iran. And after that, he was imprisoned in Tehran in a place called the Black Pit. While he was imprisoned, he had a divine revelation that he was the prophet that the báb had been foretelling. After his imprisonment, Baha'u'llah was banished. It was the first of a series of banishments. He started out going to Baghdad, and then to Constantinople, and then to Adrianople, where he survived an attempted poisoning at the hands of his half-brother. After about 10 years in Baghdad, in 1863, Bahá'u'lláh publicly declared himself to be the divinely chosen leader that the Bab had previously foretold was coming. This is his first public declaration of this. He was a messenger from God and a manifestation of God. And this led to sectarian violence. He was banished once again from the Ottoman Empire, and he was sent to Akkar in what's now the northwest of Israel, which was at the time a prison city of the Ottoman Empire. Imprisoned there, though, he started expanding his teachings and those of the Bab into the religion that is now known as Baha'i. He wrote religious texts there and developed a following as he was gradually allowed more freedom and more people were allowed to come into Akkar and see him. A core part of the Baha'i faith is that God has revealed himself to humanity throughout history through a series of messengers, and each of these messengers has founded a religion. These messengers include Abraham, Krishna, Zoroaster, Moses, Buddha, Jesus, and Muhammad. So Bahá'u'lláh, which means glory of God in Arabic and is the name that he took for himself, is the most recent in these series of holy messengers that are central to the Baha'i faith. Bahá'u'lláh lived in Acre for the rest of his life, and today, that is the Baha'i Holy Land. He died in 1892, and his eldest son became his successor in his work and his teachings. Thanks to Eve's Jeffcoat for her research work on today's podcast, and thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on the show. You can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, and you can tune in tomorrow for one of history's many bloody days.
0: Hello everybody, I'm Eves, and you're tuned into This Day in History class, a show where we travel back in time, one day at a time. The day was November 12, 1970. The deadliest tropical cyclone on record made landfall on the coast of what was then East Pakistan, or modern-day Bangladesh. At least 300,000 people died in the Bola cyclone. The remnants of Tropical Storm Nora in the Pacific Ocean contributed to the development of a tropical depression that formed in the Bay of Bengal on November 8, 1970. The Indian Meteorological Department, or IMD, tracked the system by satellite. But the technique for estimating tropical cyclone strength from satellite presentations was new, so there were no direct measurements of the intensity of the tropical system. The storm drifted north for two days, then intensified rapidly. By November 11th, it had become a well-defined cyclone with sustained winds between 85 and 90 miles per hour. On the 12th, the IMD estimated that the maximum sustained winds were around 130 miles per hour. It's not clear exactly how much information about the storm Indian weather authorities communicated to Pakistan, considering the tense relations between India and Pakistan at the time. That said, the Pakistan Meteorological Department did issue a warning to people in the coastal regions on the 12th. But few people were near or able to make it to reliable shelters, if they even sought one at all. That afternoon, the cyclone made landfall on the coastline of East Pakistan. It was the sixth and strongest cyclonic storm of that year's North Indian Ocean cyclone season. As the storm hit land, it brought a 35-foot-high storm surge at the Ganges' delta. It flooded the lowland plains of the Ganges Delta, destroying hundreds of villages. The cyclone dissipated as it moved inland, degrading to a cyclonic storm by the 13th. But the combination of the storm surge and poor preparedness led to the death of many people. The death toll of the storm is estimated at between 300,000 and 500,000 people. Most of the people who died were young children. The most severely affected area was Tazimuddin, where nearly half of the population died, and a lot of the fishing industry in the region was destroyed. The damage caused by the cyclone came in at around $86 million in 1970 USD. Countries around the world, including France, West Germany, Canada, Singapore, and the US, sent aid to Pakistan. But the Pakistani government's response was slow, and the damage was made worse in the aftermath of the Bola cyclone. People starved from the lack of food. They drank contaminated water and died from dehydration or disease. Politicians in East Pakistan and the press criticized the Pakistani government for its poor handling of the disaster relief effort. Partly because of the government's poor response, tensions between East and West Pakistan escalated, and an opposition party won elections in East Pakistan in December. The Bangladesh Liberation War broke out in March of 1971, and East Pakistan declared itself the independent nation of Bangladesh. In the years after the Bola cyclone, a cyclone preparedness program developed in Bangladesh that allowed for better disaster planning and response in the region. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you prefer something a little bit more formal, then you can write us at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again tomorrow.